previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. But one of my favorite stories, and I have to, I'll go ahead and share this. When when you in, when you were on the committee to interview me <laughs> yep. for this job, and uh, at the first interview, my wife said, so how did things go? I said, well, I know how this colleague is, and I really got a good sense of this colleague. I said, but man, that Mike McKeever, he was <laughs> he was hard to read. I mean, he was just sphinx-like. And then find out later you were pretend, trying really hard to, to be a grown-up. What would an adult say at this point? How would an adult sit and look at the candidate? Taking all of your energy to try to look grown-up. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't communicating that to you. <laughs> then, then I got on campus and, and, and it broke. Oh. The near broke oh, when okay. I came for my on-campus. Uh, it was pretty easy obvious. Easy oddball. Yeah. So. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Robert Wallace. I'm Michael McKeever. And uh, we are excited to be here today. Super pumped. <laughs> oh, these summer, these halcyon <laughs> days of summer. Um, but uh, welcome back. I hope that you are liked us on Facebook and are following us on Twitter and have left a review on iTunes if you're listening to us there. And we've, we've had a huge uptick in our listens, which is very exciting. But don't slack off. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Spread the word. Don't slack off. We need more listens even. So, great. Oh, yeah. And if you have a question, uh, email us at, at – uh, what's the email address? Gmail something. No, that's not it. Uh, reading in Church. Reading in Church. Reading in Church at gmail.com. At gmail something. Yeah, and we'll see what uh, see what questions you have or criticisms or jokes. Jokes. And it's a joke. Constru- we, yeah. We like okay. jokes. Yeah. Or a riddle. Or a riddle. <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> oh, anywho. Uh, we are in, what is it, proper nine. Proper nine, or, right. depending on your tradition, first week, uh, Sunday of Solstice. That's true. Yes, it is. <laughs> Shout out to my friends in Berkeley. <laughs> this is... Uh... <laughs> So, so the world's starting to get darker now. Is that what you're telling me? I didn't even think about that. The days are getting shorter starting tonight. Already. Already. The, the, I had a friend who's born on December 21st, and I said, so oh. after you were born, oh. the world gets brighter? It's brighter. Said, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. My son so. is in, uh, is in uh, Netherlands. I said, well, how late does the uh, sunset there? You yeah. Know? 10.06. 10.06 wow. yesterday. I was amazed, you know, up here in northern Illinois how much daylight we get because yeah. i mean i grew up in indiana but at a lower latitude yeah me too plus being a little wester further west right. in the time zone which we are mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. and it was amazing how when we first moved here you know at five o'clock in the morning the sun was oh, coming right now through it's, the blinds it's and, so early and about 9 30 you're still getting sort of dusky which is nice you get a lot of sunset but then of course you you don't get sun for nothing in december you know the sun doesn't rise oh, till nine and yes, sets at that's, three that's so tough. you know yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a little different I think so, I was looking at the time, the time change in, uh, or the time um, sunset, different places, and I must have had my browser open. It says something about solstice, and it's like someone was talking about the longest day of the year. And I wouldn't, yeah. I'm never sure if it's June 20th or 21st. Yeah, or, 22nd. Yeah, it depends. And and then someone uh, someone says, well, you know, actually, it's not the longest day of the year. It's just more daylight, longest daylight. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, like, thank you. How does anyone, how does that guy who makes all the hotel dot com commercials? How does Captain Obvious have time to <laughs> To post on, <laughs> on um, the bulletin board. Someone also. mansplained you about, Gee, the, about the solstice. Amazing. And so what I did, I thought that was so good, I upvoted it so everyone could see that. Oh, <laughs> wow. That is, a, man, that's That's great. a helpful, helpful. Thank you, sir. That's kind of nuance I want to bring one day to this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Annoying tidbits. Well, we've got, <laughs> I, think, I think we're there. I Annoying think tidbits. We already might be at peak right. annoying tidbits as yeah. it is. Someone already had that domain. Yeah. <laughs> so we went with reading in church. Don't Google search yeah. annoying tidbits. Reading in church and annoying tidbits was the other option for our title. <laughs> Sorry, Mike just got a drink of water. At that moment, we almost had that to buy new mics. Almost came out. <laughs> so Genesis 24. So we're going to do the uh, Isaac finds a wife passage. Okay. And uh, Psalm 45 or Song of Solomon too. So... I think we can do both of those. We haven't done any songs, so we'll do both of those. And 
I'll, I'll be good. Okay, and maybe some vacation Bible school solstice tips. From the other, <laughs> maybe. Make a little Stonehenge. And... You know what? Let's put a pin in that. Let's let's keep. Speaking thinking. of put a pin in it, don't um, look directly at the sun. Wear a welder's mask or uh, a pinhole in a shoebox and put that on your head. That's August. We don't we don't need that tip yet. The the eclipse is coming in August. Yes. So that yeah. mainly be for uh, solar eclipses, not for lunar eclipses. No, no, you wouldn't find the moon if you were less, in a welder's mask. Less <laughs> a lunar of a eclipse. Uh, we it, seem to have wandered a it's bit It's always today. an eclipse if you're wearing a welder's mask. That's true. And Romans 7. And? That's the New Testament. And, and Matthew 11. Okay. So. That sounds easy enough. Did you say we're doing Psalm and Song of Yeah, Solomon? I think so. I think we've right. got time for both of those things. Wow. All right. Um, there's enough room on the internet, I think, for us to do okay. both of those things. Yeah, we'll so. uh, power through all these. All right. All right. Genesis. Yes. 24-ish. <laughs> So he said, I am Abraham's servant. Fill me in on this. This is we're talking about. That is Abraham's servant. Okay, Abraham's servant. <laughs> yeah. And this is later. And he's going to, this is relevant to. Isaac uh, has grown up. Isaac. And it's time to find Isaac a wife. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham's servant yes. has been charged with finding. It's not like Isaac's going to go do it. No, no. You couldn't trust Isaac to find yeah. his own wife. Yeah. Um, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become wealthy. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master, that's a good portfolio. And Sarah, my <laughs> it's master's diversified. The bottom in, falls out of donkeys, he's still got camels. I'm all tied up in donkeys. <laughs> and Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and he has given him all that he has. He's recapping for us. Mm-hmm. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife for my son. I should say we skipped the part on, on what and how they were swearing and on what yeah, the servant okay, yeah. was swearing. Minor we seem to have left detail. that out of yeah, this we'll particular lectionary reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason that it is called <laughs> testimony, in case anyone was curious. <laughs> is that where that comes yeah, from? that's actually where oh, the word comes from. Mm. All right, look yeah. it up. <laughs> I came today to the spring and said, oh, Lord, is he recounting this in the... In the yes. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. I came to the, today to the spring and said, oh, Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I'm going. I'm standing here by the spring of water. Let the young woman come out to draw. Let the, let the young woman who, who comes, comes out, out to, to draw, draw mm-hmm. to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Mm-hmm. Before I'd finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her water jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew. And I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arm. As one does. As is what is one to do to a stranger. (laughs) Then I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you will, deal loyally and truly with your master. Tell me, and if not, tell me, so that I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent away... Maybe there was a pause. I'm just going to keep reading. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse, along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possessions of the gates of their foes. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Bear Lahai Roy and was settled in the Negev. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and looking up, he saw camels coming. And Rebekah looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah and she became his wife. And he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Yes. Covered a lot of ground. It is. Anything there that... That's uh... all fascinating. I'm sure there's uh, some fascinating tidbits for us in there. The (laughs) non-annoying... Right. The uh, 
you, we mentioned before, I think when we did the Samaritan woman, uh, issues of type scene. Mm-hmm, yes. And, and so this is, this is a type scene. This is, this is recounting the, the servant has gone back. This is, this mm-hmm. is after he has gone back to the family. Okay. So he met her at the well mm-hmm. and, um, ventures to a foreign land. One and, of the right. things of the yeah, type the scene. Standard type scene is you have the, the person go to a foreign land, go to a body of water or, you know, well, or, you know, someplace like that, meet, the uh, girl, and then go with the girl back to the family, and then stay with the family for a while, mm-hmm. and then leave with the girl. Exchanging gifts. Exchanging gifts. Mm-hmm. That's part of it, too. Sure. And so this is, I mean, everyone would know this story, right? I mean, this is the standard. I'm trying to think of a good, I mean, maybe superhero movie, right? If we talked about a, a type of, of genre. I mean, I that's think we, something. I think we talked about uh, we talk about? sitcom. We were talking about infected monkeys, and then we talked about sitcoms. <laughs> well, and I think, going to a grocery oh, I see. store. Yeah, yeah. There's know, certain things. That's right. That's right. Well, I was thinking, a, you know, we just, with Wonder Woman having come out, come yeah. out recently, that mm-hmm. there's the superhero motif, right? Where you have the origin story, yeah. you've got the encounter, you've got the, you know, the struggle with the bad guy, you've mm-hmm. got the big ultimate battle at the end. I mean, these are all tropes that you would recognize and you can play with those in different ways. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm thinking about Wonder Woman. You're thinking about Wonder Woman? I'm thinking movie. about Wonder Woman. It was a good movie. Yeah. There was one point I went with my son where we left and that when it's a flashback to the, uh, spoiler, the, spoiler alert, the gods fighting. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> that, uh, Ares looked exactly like he did as a, as a as a skinny minister, you know, English minister. Right? Yes, he did. <laughs> That's what, we yeah. laughed. I mean, it was yes. We yes. were we yeah. The, it, the fun that we had was it was a great movie, but then we started reflecting on how it was exactly the same movie as Captain America. Um, yeah, and so yeah. we had a we had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. But that's a diff- that's that movie review is a different yeah, podcast. Yeah, we'll do that one. We won't get but but this. when you have these sort of that you can play against them, you can have expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can mm-hmm. you might skip the origin story. You might do the origin story in flashback mm-hmm. instead of doing mm-hmm. it. And I mean, yeah. there's different ways, but you're going to have to you know some of these things that come out. Right. So so the stories you play with these Abraham, um, instead of letting Isaac go find his wife, ends up going uh, sending the servant to find his mm-hmm. wife, which just mm-hmm. continues to show how passive yeah, right. Isaac is in the story. Uh, Jacob is the more active one. You know, Isaac's son yeah, yeah. goes and finds it. Um, yeah. Moses follows this when he uh-huh. leaves Egypt and goes to yeah. well and meets mm-hmm. Zipporah. Um, and I think I, I mentioned Ruth is sort of a, a really neat reversal of this where the foreign land is Israel where she leaves Moab yeah, and right. comes. And it's yeah. not at a well, but they're drawing water. Mm-hmm. Um, they're carrying buckets of water. Ah, that's right. Um What's oh Saul is a funny one, yeah. Because Saul doesn't ever do anything right, um, and Saul is out and meets these girls at a well. And anybody reading the story says, "Ah, yeah, oh, here's yeah. the part where Saul Here finds his go. wife," and, and then, he just moves on, and then he just leaves. Okay. Yeah, where's the prophet live? And the girls say up there, and Saul says, "Thanks," and thanks. leaves. Right? So, I mean, it's, and everyone's like, "What? What? He can't, what just what happened? happened? He can't Nothing even do that right?" Yeah. Um, so, so you're obviously playing with a lot of that here, and the servant is taking that and having that template. Role. The nuance tells you often something about the character, right? Or knowing right. it's a very efficient way to communicate a lot. Like, isn't there something in Alter's uh, art of biblical narrative about at this scene, uh, Laban sees the gift? Yes, and that one glance realized, oh, it's all about it's, it's uh, all about the money. It's with about this the money, guy. yeah. That's all it says, and that plays out in Jacob's story. Exactly, right? he knows about the wealth that he has, mm-hmm, and yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, I think that's the Laban, that's the Jacob story when he sees. Is that okay? Yeah, maybe, or maybe okay. it's this one. I can't remember now because yeah. they've left that part out of the story. But right, but right. it's possible because he has he does you know come off as wealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was this one because it's yeah because it's, it's way ahead. It's, it is, yeah. and, and the skill like setting up something much later in the narrative, right? Right. Say so that these are just a patchwork of ancient traditions, and, like and oh, you know, so much more. You were that. talking about today, just before the podcast, the the importance of reading the whole thing. Because mm. uh, yeah, you were talking about Acts, oh, okay, and how when people read Acts, they only ever do it in snippets. You yeah. know, they don't yeah. ever take oh, a moment gosh, to look at the long story. the story of Acts, which is a long. Which you have to read Luke to understand, right? I mean, it'd be like I don't know, it'd be like watching movies on YouTube, right? I mean, it's like here's a five minute snippet from this movie, yeah, and that's it, and that's all you ever do, and you're like, well, you know, that's. That's a nice scene. It's going to drop in on this episode of but Twin, Twin Peaks or right, something. Yeah, like, right. What? But it's part of a much larger narrative. And that's what's happening in Genesis. I mean, yeah. this is probably – Genesis is one that also suffers from that where it's so – people just drop in in episodes, right? Where it's, you know, here's the story of Jacob and Esau. Here's the <laughs> we're, story we're, we're, of We're taking this practice in a lectionary podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. That's a fair criticism. That's on us. <laughs> that one's on us. 
But um, we're, we, you and I, are trying to set these within the larger yes, narrative. that's what so, we're doing here. Um, but it is. I mean, that, that when you see what happens with Jacob later and you really do get driven home just how passive Isaac is in this entire narrative. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing that mm-hmm. he doesn't, I mean, even Rebecca is, <laughs> he's the not one. even in the type scene. He's not, he doesn't even, <laughs> he doesn't even get to pick his own wife. And, and, and when she comes up, he doesn't say who's the girl. Yeah. She says, yeah. who's the guy. Yeah. I mean, she's the yeah. one who initiates all of this. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's a neat story. I think in that, in that regard. And Rebecca is, is shown to be a very strong, which character. brings us to a biblical model of dating. Right. right. <laughs> and, well, ma- and marriage. What was the, the group, template for marriage? What was the group in Michigan that you said that? Oh yeah. There's this, uh, there's this little town in Michigan. It's not really a town. It's kind of a, a retreat center. Uh, Swedish covenant, evangelical covenant. There's no, there's no um, commercial properties. It's just kind of on the beach, uh, just, just North of the Illinois border. And I forget what it's called now. It's near Sawyer. Anyhow, uh, there's a there's one thing. There's an ice cream shop called The Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And so the only thing that young people can do at night is go there. It's that's like, the only place it's open. Yeah. Yeah. And go find yourself a good, you know, Swedish covenant, you know. So that's because they girl. call it The Well because they knew that's I'm where sure you would they know. find I'm your I'm sure they you know. You'd find your future I can't spouse. imagine they wouldn't know that's that. That's clever. Someone knew. Someone knew. That is knew, clever. I would think, you know. But. I mean, I never heard anyone talk about it. I go, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Subtle. That's nice. Yeah. Nice move. Yeah. But yeah, that's, so that's where we are here. We're we're setting up this the story. You see what a strong character Rebecca is. Her concern to mm-hmm. you know water yeah. the animals, okay. and and we're going to see later on. She's the one who's manipulating yeah. the whole uh, Isaac Jacob situation, okay. um, and and doing what she can to to make sure that what God told her would happen. So I mean, people criticize Rebecca for being manipulative, but she's already been told that the younger one is going to. <laughs> To rule over the older uh, child, and so she's in charge mm-hmm. later on. Okay. So yeah, so she's always she's taking control here. Who's that man over there? Uh, and yeah, so, I mean, she's okay. asking those questions. Okay. So yeah, because I was thinking, like, why all this stuff about Isaac being passive? That really informs the uh, the Jacob story and mm-hmm. the Rebecca story and the Rebecca story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So this is obviously right after Sarah's death, um, which is why Abraham goes and finds a, a wife mm-hmm. after Sarah dies. Oh. Right, yeah. which is why <laughs> find another woman. I think we're down a woman around. <laughs> we were counting it. Oh man, it's a, it's a beautiful romantic is story. Sweet, You're killing it? me with this romance. Romance, the whole yeah. romance of this story. It's <laughs> it overwhelming. Clearly, clearly there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Abraham dies in the next chapter. <laughs> it's great. It's a great story. Yeah. Speaking of spoilers, jeepers. Sorry, should have no. said that. No. Did they get another wife at that point? No, 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 another dad. Okay, another dad. <laughs> You're not my dad. <laughs> and so, what do you preach on? Have you preached on this before? Uh, have I preached? I have not preached on this story. Talking before. to people who might be preaching. No, no, I don't think I have preached on this story before. Um, you know, once you explain the backstory and then where this is headed, then it's like, will the ushers come forward? For right, the exactly. Front exactly. <laughs> That's well. It. You know, maybe you need to use this as the jumping off point for uh, Samaritan woman because yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that becomes well. I mean, and it is in yeah. so many ways informing mm-hmm. the Samaritan story, Samaritan woman story at the well. You know, with mm-hmm. the you know we're bringing the Samaritans back into the family and and that kind of image. Yeah, so very interesting. But yeah, that's a good question. I never considered preaching on this passage before. Mm. What would I do? Mm. What would you do? I would probably go to the Samaritans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, the New Testament, the relevant stuff. Bro, see? <laughs> Dang. Mm. Of course, that's my job, so. Uh, I, I think I'd probably focus on Rebecca. Uh, yeah. If and I was going to do something. How, this, well, and then step back and go, how's this a God story? Or yeah. how does this shatter what we kind of, the template we have for what are God stories? Mm. You know? Mm. Or marriage or dating or yeah. anything else, you know, that we... And again, God, onto these texts. God working within the culture of these people, mm-hmm. you know, and speaking where they are right now, not, not upset because they aren't where he wants them or whatever. Well, and say a secret prayer, fleecing God. What's that? Fleecing God. Fleecing God. God. <laughs> for your, for your spouse. Oh man. That's a whole series. <laughs> you wouldn't want to waste just one Sunday on that. No. Oh, that's a good stuff. Ready to go 
to Psalms. Are you ready to go to Psalms? <laughs> yeah, I got a mess. I realized I just got a little uh, a ding on my iPad. I guess I haven't turned that wow, off. Wow, we didn't have any sound. I yeah. didn't hear it. Yeah. Did you hear it? A real little, little bell. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I know. Let me have a Psalm and Song of Solomon here. Yeah. Let me just read them through together. Just, just do the Psalm first. Okay. Psalm 45, 10 to 17. Continue our theme of uh, biblical templates of marriage and dating here. Yes. Uh, Hear, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts, the richest of the people, with all kinds of wealth, the best wealth. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) The princess is decked in her chamber with gold-woven robes. In many-colored robes, she is led to the king. Behind her, the virgins, her companions, follow. With joy and gladness, they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In the place of ancestors, you, O king, shall have sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations. Therefore, the peoples will praise you forever and ever. Yeah. Um, This is a Korahite psalm, Psalm 45, which means it's uh, not Davidic. It's not a psalm of David. It's a psalm of the sons of Korah. One of the first boy bands in, in the world. <laughs> yeah, um, Sons of Korah. The Sons of That's Korah. That's true. Yeah. And uh, actually, and Psalm 88 was written by Heman, who was originally one of the Sons of Korah. So, because boy bands, eventually someone tries a solo The guy career. was a hit machine. Exactly. <laughs> that was... A hit maker. It. So anyway, this is, this is a Korahite psalm. And most people classify this as a royal psalm, uh, celebrating the king, obviously. so. Um, Safe bet. But it's it's... Specifically dealing with a wedding, it mm-hmm. seems. Yes. So it's a it's a wedding song. As it turns out. And although people have suggested numerous uh, numerous origin or, you know origin stories for the psalm, most people settle on perhaps Ahab Jezebel. Um oh, and the reason they settle really? on Ahab Jezebel is because the people of Tyre will okay. send favor with gifts. And okay. Jezebel, of course, was oh. a princess of Tyre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that then it gets simply appropriated later on to okay. later royal weddings hmm. whenever they need to use it as a as a royal wedding. Boy, talk about a beautiful romantic story. Yeah, well, yeah. Dad made <laughs> a treaty and married <laughs> Jezebel off to his son. Sweet. You can hear it a million times. But uh so that's what it is. It's a celebration of of uh of this this joining and what ends up happening a lot of times with the psalm is the same thing that happens to songs and that is that people sort of allegorize this and mm-hmm. it becomes uh, god and god's people and not just the king and the princess of tyre is that already happening in the in the canon uh in the canon is that implied by can it being part of the canon, or is that our? Do we have too narrow of an understanding of what the canon yeah, is? Yeah, I think that I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I honestly don't know. I think later on, but um, I don't know for certain. Hmm. I, but the fact that it gets put in there yeah. might suggest that it was happening earlier. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That we have it there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and go ahead and let's read songs, okay. and, and then we'll maybe talk about these a little bit together. Okay. Song of Solomon 2 8 through 13. The voice of my beloved, here again, uh, Christ speaking. <laughs> I'll be reading Don't the, ruin the, 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 the red letter. Okay. <laughs> the voice of my beloved, look, he comes leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. That's something that's frowned upon these days, mm, but I think mm-hmm. of ancient cultures lattice, be what? Like looking through the lattice. My, <laughs> Stalking is what that's called my, now, but the, in the ancient world, that's apparently yeah, something that's cool. <laughs> my beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. This is like June or something around <laughs> Midwest. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. My life verse. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Who shall sing the song of his people? (laughs) The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Nice inclusio there. Um, Songs is an interesting book, and I I wanted to talk about it because we don't get to talk about it very much, and it's not used a whole lot. Um, It is makes many people uncomfortable for its (laughs) frank and explicit celebration of human sexuality. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as I remind the students, the best book of the Bible to read during a boring sermon 
Um, <laughs> but it's actually the the Hebrew title. It's so Frank, it uses euphemisms. Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Song the Hebrew title is Song of Songs, which is the um, the best song. Hebrew it is. It is the Hebrew superlative. That's the way you use the superlative. It's mm-hmm. like Holy of Holies is most holy place. <laughs> song of Songs. It's the same construction. It's yep. the songiest song. Songiest. Song. There is no other song. It's the sing song. Any song. songier than this song. <laughs> this is the songiest of all the songs. Um, there are a lot of suggestions for how it originated. Or if you're four year old, you say song in times infinity. Oh, it is a song like times infinity. Yeah. It is. There's a lot of, of interpretations of how, how it originated. There um, Syrian wedding songs, perhaps, that, that got appropriated into the text. Um, it, some have suggested it's a drama. It's maybe the only example uh, of the genre drama uh, we have because you have three characters. You have the lover, the okay. beloved, and the chorus of friends who okay. keep showing up and asking inappropriate questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Um, well, I was just going to say something. I'm trying to fight off a sneeze and distracted myself. So, <laughs> anyway, the um, oh, th- there are others who say you know this is j- this is an allegory. I mean, that's okay. really probably what mm-hmm. got it in the canon was mm-hmm. the allegorical reading that yeah. in in the case of uh, God and His people, Christians kept that and said Christ and the Church um, and read it sort of allegorically. I would say probably in the past thirty or forty years, as uh, culture has gotten more comfortable talking about sex. Um, the, the like commercials certainly have. Yeah, well, that's true. The Goodness. church has moved to being more comfortable seeing the book as a celebration of human sex as okay. opposed to an allegory. Right. Um, but I, I wouldn't want to lose that allegorical image. I would. I I think that's for a long time I did. For a long time I thought, well, mm-hmm. look, this is just it's a celebration of human sexuality. Sex is not a mark of evil. Sex is not bad. Sex is not dirty. Um, I know for a long time that's all you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Apropos of nothing. I just walk up, start conversations. Sex isn't dirty. <laughs> oh, hi, Rob. <laughs> but no, what I do think is that that I do want to sort of preserve that allegorical. The students, this actually came through in a class I was teaching, and we were sort of talking about. Speaking of people comfortable talking right, about. Right, exactly. Well, this actually, stuff. this is one that, that makes them a little, a little nervous. The allegory makes them nervous. I think they're fine when we talk about human sexuality. Okay. But but one oh, of our, makes yeah, Moda, one of the students huh. was saying, you know, I'm just not comfortable with God loving me like this. Oh, <laughs> <And I> said, <laughs> God loves you. He's not in love with you. <laughs> said, well, first of all, it's not you. Okay. It's y'all. Yeah. It's this is a this you know the idea of the allegory is that it's the the community that God is is with and together. And but but the moment you know those moments when you're teaching and the question is asked in just the right way that, yeah. that you have the most brilliant answer ever that you couldn't have come up with mm-hmm. if they hadn't asked the question the right yeah. way few and far between but yes yes those had that I've had three no the uh, it's twenty years of teaching but the um, the question he was like but Dr Wallace don't you isn't this just weird doesn't this doesn't this just Let me bother just you this up for you know you. isn't this a problem and I and I said if you didn't have a problem. With Hosea and oh, Ezekiel okay. portraying idolatry as adultery, hmm. you shouldn't have a problem with songs portraying that image positively. Hmm. Oh, that's you know, th- that songs is portraying a positive picture of that sexual relationship, whereas Ezekiel and Hosea are—it's—it's it's a negative, right? Hmm. Israel yeah. has been unfaithful; right. okay. it's been an adulterous nation. Mm-hmm. If you've used ever used the phrase "adulterous <clears throat> nation," then apparently you're fine yeah. with the metaphor. Yeah, this is just a healthy one okay. instead of the instead of the dysfunctional one. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is a, I, I thought Makes that was a, a good argument. Yeah. Um, I love what uh, Phyllis Tribble says about this text. She sees songs as a celebration of a properly restored uh, man and woman relationship from the garden. Ah. Because the only two times the word is used, um, uh, he will, what's, what's the word? Uh, he, your delight is in your husband, but he will rule over you in Genesis 3. Yeah. In um, songs, it says, I am my beloved and his delight is in me. Ah. And so she sees that as, see, here we have this mutual sub- mutual submission, mm-hmm. properly restored uh, ah. relationship between the man and the woman, which okay. which I like that as well. I mean, that's yeah. a nice read. So there's a lot to talk about in songs. Um, there's a lot to not talk about in songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, not all of it is safe for the whole family. And if you knew the euphemisms, not much of it is safe for the whole family. But mm-hmm. it's um, it is a... I think it's compelling. I mean, that's the reason I want to talk about it with the psalm, because I think using that psalm as an allegory, it's a similar thing. Anytime you're using that wedding image, um, 
that's a positive picture of it mm-hmm. instead of the Ezekiel and Hosea's negative picture of it. Yeah. Which, which yeah. maybe, I don't know, Victorian sensibilities make us more comfortable focusing on it being negative than positive. Yeah, but, right, yeah. Um, I don't know. But but it's worth it's worth it. The, the poetry is beautiful um, all the way through. Uh, it's, a, it's a lovely, yeah. um, well put together. So let's go through and catalog the uh, questionable euphemisms here. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think we should. Through. No, no, I think no? none in this passage. Oh, look at the time. We're, do, we're doing okay in this passage. But <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, some of the other passages, I'm going to tell the students, you're not comfortable with me talking to you about this. So. And I'm not comfortable talking to you about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'll get one of our colleagues to take care of that. Okay. Hey, we, we talked about Song of Solomon. I, I know. It's first, I think. It's it is. Good. I think it's the first time that's come up. Ready, Romans? Yeah, let's see. I have that somewhere. Romans uh, 7. Oh, where do I have yeah, that? Yeah, you, you were teasing oh, quite a bit last oh, week, Romans oh, 7. Oh, yeah. Well, so no, I no, gotta... It's not as though there's a payoff, but... Oh, and they skipped. Yeah, they skipped ahead. They skipped so, a good part? Oh, okay. Well, uh, Romans 7, 15 to 25a. Because we wouldn't want to read the last part of verse 25. Well... Um, I do not understand my own actions. <laughs> I'm actually reading now. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I do not do what I want, but Own I it. do the Own very it. thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. This is a hard one to give to a kid to read in church. I so would think. It's, kind of, it's hurt, easy to it's stumble It's not great this. for a PhD in Old Testament. <laughs> yeah. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Yes, of course. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want... It's like poetry. It's, it's the, I like to go back to songs. Uh, it is no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells within me. Didn't we just have this conversation? So I find <laughs> it to be ones. a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. Stay right. with me now. He should say that a few times. Stick with me. <laughs> For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Sure. Uh, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah. And transition to chapter eight. Great, uh-huh. great positive and I like chapter eight. Uplifting. Yeah. I hope we're good. Are we doing chapter eight? Yeah, let's just read it now. Uh, let's skip. <laughs> let's this skip is ahead. rough. Okay. Well, he's, he's diagnosing this, this problem. This, this yeah, but he sounds problem. like a Gnostic. Um, Where physical oh, well, is bad and spirit is good. He... he he, he does sound like some some yeah Greek um, moralists philosophers yes. yeah yeah this this it's a he's he's working this argument out within the context of Israel but it's very much in keeping a universal sort of experience and mm-hmm. and shows up in different traditions uh, and, and which is an interesting thing in, in the context of Romans like you find that Israel with all this privilege is kind of on the same ground, you yeah. know, this kind of level, this, this sin issue levels the playing field. Right. Right. Everyone is under this and, and different traditions encounter it di- differently. And, and of course, Israel has been given the law. So shouldn't they have an advantage somehow? And then that law, that is a good thing, which he's, which he is in a very interesting way, kind of exonerating saying it's not the law that's doing it. It's like, I, I want to do good, so the law is good, and what I want is good, but there is this other reality mm. that prevents us from, from doing all that we would. There is this genuine other force at work in the world. And um, and even the giving of the law, rather than helping one fulfill the good, is kind of put a, put under the magnifying glass the, this other thing we call sin, you yeah. know, sin with a capital S here, you know, this... You know that Israel is no different than the nations yeah. is one of the big criticisms throughout the Old Testament. I mean, that's one mm-hmm. of the, the yeah. leveling at them that, um, I mean, the end of Judges looking exactly like Sodom and Gomorrah, where Israel looks like Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Where you've got the Israel lumped into the oracles against the nations that the prophets give. So it's yeah. not like you're special. And I mean, Amos sets them up, right, where he's complaining about all the nations and then finishes with Judah and Israel just to drive home the fact that you people are worse than them because of this situation. Yeah. It should be different, but well, now you're making God look bad. Mm. And that's even worse than, you know, just violating what God would have. So, 
it's uh, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting. Uh, it's a big story. Yeah. You know, how is God going to deal with this thing? And we already talked about um, the echo of Genesis in Song of Solomon. Sin is crouching at the door. Yeah. His desire is toward you, but you must rule over it. And there's an echo of it here. I think. Uh, uh, where is it? Oh, look at uh, seven twenty-one. Might be an echo of that too. Evil lies close at hand, yeah. very close to the language. It of is talking about Cain. That's Cain, yeah. But you know, the interesting thing about that Cain story, and I point this out with the students, is the implication when God asked that question is that Cain could choose. What was <laughs> I was correct? <laughs> that Cain. Cain. I heard that could. one. That we'll turn Cain, this down. Cain actually could do. I mean, you know, you must why are you downcast? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you know, sin's crouching the door, but you must master it. The implication being that he could, not mm -hmm. that he could, you know, that there was, it wasn't like God showed up and said, look, that's the way it goes, man. You're just going to, this is the way you're going to live. Yeah, I mean, it's a very just, different, different This seems to be like you have here. no I mean, choice. We're asking really, really big encompassing questions. And I'm not, that's getting at it from a small story. It has implications. Yes. But. How far do you spin out I don't know. the implications? I don't know. Yeah. It's I mean, we all have I mean, everyone has some sense of original sin. And you can say it's conditioned, you can say mm -hmm. it's biological, but mm -hmm. everyone has and you'd some be right sense. In both of those yeah, cases. That's right. But some sense of original sin mm -hmm. in their in their theology. Every person, every every right. culture, every right. tradition. If, yeah. I mean, there are I don't know anyone who says, Oh yeah, people could grow up perfect. Someone yeah. could grow up perfect. They could do it. They could actually grow or, up. Or perfect. there's traditions that say that's an illusion. It's not real. Right. And you just need to overcome that. But you're still wrestling with it. But you're still that. wrestling yeah. with the issue. And and that's the, and certainly the biblical tradition doesn't say that's no illusion. Right. This is something that has undermined all peoples <laughs> throughout history. And all, yeah. Yeah. So. But this would seem to argue that it's ingrained in what it is to be human, doesn't it? This, yeah, we tend to read the human experience, although if you're following if you're following Romans, he's actually talking about it within the context of Israel because okay. law is the issue. He's not right. just dealing with an abstract uh, thing of thing about sin, but okay. he's actually dealing evil. with okay. on he's dealing with law in the sense of how is law a bad thing? You know, no, it's, it's a good thing, but there's something else at work in the world. There's a, there's this sin sin principle or sin power. Um this is a law. This is actually a an elaboration of something he's gotten into in two, and it might be easier to follow if I read two. Okay, he actually expands. Um, some of the writers do this in the New Testament more so than I realize. He's expanding um, some earlier thoughts. So let me see, where does this come up? I'm thinking it's is it twelve? Two twelve. Let me read this. Hopefully, this is. Uh, that might not be it. No, 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 no. Okay. Here uh, in 225 through the end of the chapter, he's talking about some of these themes. Let me just read it. For indeed, circumcision is a value if you practice the law. But if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. This might not be any less convoluted. <laughs> so if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be required as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will not judge you who, through though having the letter of the law and circumcision, are a transgressor of the law. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. I wonder if this is the right paragraph. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Actually, this spills over. The expansion of that spills over into eight. That's not the best example of what I was thinking of. Somewhere it in, does sound familiar. It was almost confusing in the same way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's much he's much quicker and is confusing. But he is talking about a. Um, he is saying yeah, you've been there's this question about Israel's uh, privileges, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, still in need of a savior, just yeah. like uh others uh, so so is that what's going on here he's not trying to make some statement with regard to human sin as much as he is saying israel though they should have a privileged place are no better off than anyone else he he is he's furthering that and he's also talking he's, he's not going to simply go the moving on from israel because he's going to come back to that right. in nine nine so uh, I think uh, I haven't gotten into it uh, this deeply this time through Romans, but he is setting up how it is, in fact, through Israel 
and the Messiah coming through Israel, mm-hmm. um, that that this power of sin somehow in the, through the incarnation in Christ is is uh, is is reckoned with. So mm-hmm. it's not just universally, but it's actually God. It has a plan in working through this people and bringing forth a Jewish Messiah who's had the privileges of, mm-hmm. you know, law and, uh, and, and it highlights this, this quandary that is a universal experience, but distinctively uh, brought to light and intensified, I think, through this experience with this good gift of the law, which, mm-hmm. which does lead you to understand what is good and true and, and right. And yet, even so, uh, having this experience well, of falling and, short. And also... I mean, I think that I delight in the law of, of God in my innermost self in 22, that this sense of this desire to do what mm-hmm. God would have us to mm-hmm. do, and that it is Christ who makes that possible, which yeah. is through always the, where he's going. Through the Spirit. Right, and which he, is always where he is going yeah. in all of his letters, yeah. is that, you know, this is this is what the principle God has called you to, and Christ is the one who now gives mm-hmm. you the power to live that out. Mm-hmm. That's the same message at yeah. that point. In Christ. So that, that is a dominant metaphor in, um, in Paul, you'd say like in the, in, in the gospels or the synoptic gospels, the kingdom of God organizes so much teaching mm-hmm. well, in Paul, it's in Christ or in the, the Messiah, mm-hmm. you know, in Mashiach, it, that identity we have with him, uh, not just a savior, but one who's come through this Jewish tradition, mm-hmm. and in Messiah, this identification and new life and and empowerment by the Spirit that we have, that things are everything is fulfilled. This this, uh, this universal defeat of humanity, mm-hmm. where that's typified in you know uh, an early origin story like the, the poetry of Genesis, or uh, kind of the way of telling it through these mm-hmm. these big, larger than life individuals, right? Or uh, common experience in in philosophical traditions, uh, Greek and and uh, and Hebrew, that uh, one finds oneself defeated. Uh, in the in the Greek tradition, would be the difference between reason, you know, which is beautiful and and order yeah. in your life, and desire. And right. this and the, 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 the Greek philosophers come to the same point. So it's not just saying it, but but as we'll continue through Romans, it'll be important to realize. Oh no, this is a Jewish rendering of that, and that God. God is has been working through and is not through working through the Jewish people and will save through a Jewish Messiah. So Rome, so Paul is expressing to this Roman church that his his Jewish point in a way that would reflect his knowledge of and even appropriation of some of the wider Greek culture mm-hmm. as well. Probably yes, I think so because Paul, he's one who's been raised in diaspora Jew mm-hmm. and and and. Uh, I was reading right this morning. He said he probably spent time arguing in in some of the lecture halls with uh, mm. with um, Greek philosophers. And it's like mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of that. You could I don't know where he gets that, but yeah. he seems to be quite comfortable with that in Acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this broader experience uh, in that world, and and can quote from their philosophers and poets. So could be yeah. evidence of that. Maybe. But he's not just saying it's not just a for instance. It's like no, there's a continuity to this from beginning to end in Romans about uh, this is a a Jewish story which continues. And of course, this is written to a church where uh, there have been few Jews in in recent history, mm-hmm. and they they may need to think through that. So he's got a lot of things he's juggling in terms of mm-hmm. he doesn't know them. He's laying out a much fuller understanding mm-hmm. of the gospel. Probably might also be addressing this issue of like what is the role of a. Uh, Israel in regard to this uh, new and thriving thing that the church uh, mm-hmm. in the side. Well, that's a, in, inherently a Jewish, a Jewish story. So, yeah. um, and so this will be turning to as one who throws up his hands in, in desperation. It will be turning to uh, Jesus, Mashiach, the the, the Messiah. You know, yeah. thanks God, be to God through Jesus the Messiah. And how that Lord. Jesus, Messiah, Jewish Messiah has relevance for mm-hmm. a Greek yeah. audience yeah. who's not Jewish. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's really mm-hmm. one of his biggest challenges is, yeah. you know, can you recognize <laughs> Jesus as the Jewish Messiah mm-hmm. and does Jesus have any meaning for those who aren't Jewish? Yeah. Right. I mean, yes. That's, yeah. Implication. So 
Yeah, we, you, we, I mean, we don't even consider that question, right? That's no, not even. That's we not just, even. We, we say we another word for it. it. Christ, you know, Christos. But, yeah, you know. But, but you have to imagine that first audience thinking, "Wait a minute, this Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, so do I need to be Jewish for that to work?" Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a it's a, it's a fair question, perennial issue that Paul has to deal with yeah. after planting a church. A, a side conversation or a background conversation often in people talking about seven is that is this autobiography or is this mm, something else? Yeah. It's such a common story. We can read our story into it. We could read Paul's story into it. But Paul in nowhere in this letter is talking about his story. Okay. In, 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 in as much as uh, except for the fact that he's part of this universal story or he's right. part of this Jewish story. Yeah. Um, so that's he, a, a royal eye. If you will, yeah. This this is uh, uh, he could know. have done one there. Yeah, yeah. This is very very common in uh, in Greek rhetoric to to talk in the first person mm. or to address people who aren't there in a diatribe. And, but nowhere in Romans is he's talking about universal. He's talking about encompassing themes. Okay. Say, yeah, let me give a little background. Let me give my testimony. Yeah. How frustrated I was. Like that's Galatians. Well, right. I mean, Galatians, he gives his resume in Galatians. He gives his resume, two? but it's all good. It's like right, there, he does not have a tender conscience. He does not, he's not, he, he is not, there's nowhere you can find in Paul's letters where he says, I was really frustrated and then Jesus called me, you know, it's okay. not, uh, or, or in Acts it says, it's tough for you to, to kick against the goats. Right. It's like, that's not talking about Paul's conscience. Paul has a vigorous, strong conscience and he gives his resume and he's talking about excelling. That's true. And, uh, uh, you know, those are contextualized, but there's probably nowhere in his letters where you could say he is talking about a guilty conscience. Mm -hmm. Rather, every time that comes up, it's very robust, uh, exceeding, striding from victory to victory in his Jewish uh, experience, uh, mm -hmm. and then runs into this, this, uh, this, this Messiah Jesus. that he has to reckon, reckon yeah. with, who's so unexpected. Yes. So this is probably not... Um, Someone who you can there's been there's been both Christian appropriation of this as a uh, a testimony, but also and then Jewish critiques are like, well, this guy, this guy was, of course, he's going to seize on to something new. Look at his experience. Like okay. no, th th that's not what he's doing here. This is okay. he's narrating in the first person this universal experience, but narrating it from the uh, the Jewish experience of this this uh, uh, this confrontation with this other force in the world, sin mm -hmm. that that defeats. Individuals and and in communities and and cultures. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean that that last part is a really good. I don't mm -hmm. know if the rest of it was any good, but that, right, yeah. that last yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe we can good. salvage something, something from out this. of there. But yeah, yeah this universal eye. Mm -hmm. that, that's a helpful. Yeah, that's a helpful thing. Yeah, and they do that in Greek Greek arguing. Oh yeah, saying. yeah, okay. Greek rhetoric, uh, a, a diatribe, and uh, and and we do it. You know, think about political rhetoric here. You might be addressing someone. Your opponents, they're not there, mm -hmm. okay? Um, we slip into this. Even though we don't have a formal tradition, you can find it in the the uh, Greek handbook, rhetoric okay. handbooks where you talk about the this. The progymnastica? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you see that? Yes. Do you see what I just okay. did there? Yeah, How about there you that? Go. You impressed an Old Testament guy knows what the progymnastica is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and, yeah, I could get into that. <laughs> That's actually a very interesting book. I read. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and people tend to find these sources and then and go to seed with them and then realize they, they they read them as though they're prescriptive. Right. And then you read every everything Paul's ever written through that that right. progymnastica. It's like, well, you know, that's that's just like reading the grammar. You know, people don't not necessarily talk that way. There's right. rules, and then there's how people talk. Uh, there's 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 handbooks on rhetoric, and then what people actually do, which mm -hmm. is more encompassing and. And more diverse, so people then and using multiple styles at the same time. Yeah, people and, then use that yeah. as a grid to understand the life. Well, uh, and and the people who use those those things never agree with each other, right? <laughs> of course. Like, so anyway, which is why they're academics, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And keep writing. Matthew, yeah. this is an interesting passage yeah. I select here. Matthew 11, 16 to 19, and then 25 to 30. Mm -hmm. But to what will I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in marketplaces and calling to one another. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We wailed, you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by your deeds. 
At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest trying to work against that which you have memorized mm -hmm. when you're reading these different mm -hmm. translations. Mm -hmm. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right. I was reading this in a commentary this morning, and I, just reading the text, I'm thinking, in Matthew, we would say there's not, uh, maybe not as high a Christology as John, where mm -hmm. his, very, his divinity is kind of on display. But mm -hmm. here, you know, the implications of mm -hmm. of uh, some of the things that Jesus is saying, no one... Uh, no, one knows. no one knows the son except the father. No one knows the father except the son. And anyone the son tells. And anyone the son <laughs> chooses to reveal. And then he talks about himself that is often talked about in terms of giving of the law, the mm -hmm. yoke of the law, or mm -hmm. wisdom. Mm -hmm. uh, wisdom in Proverbs, you read about this in, in numerous places yeah. about uh, finding rest, um, the image hard. of a yoke. Uh, sometimes people, since we don't see yokes, mm -hmm. and we, we maybe we've seen something from the Old West or something like that, we think about uh, uh, animals being yoked. Mm -hmm. But but people will wear yokes. You can see images of people coming from a well, you know, mm -hmm. with two buckets oh, yeah. or something like this. So it's probably talking about it. Human bucket. And it's a much easier way to to carry something, you mm -hmm. know, your so shoulders supporting it rather than, than, you know, just carrying it with your arms. So it's talking about rest or There's also a metaphor in, in the Old Testament for uh, submission. Okay. I mean the, yeah. the the issue of Jeremiah, for example, mm -hmm. submitting to submitting to Babylon. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and and so that that issue of one of submitting to another. Yeah, and and the law would be right. I think there's sayings about the Absolutely. law that way too. Absolutely. But this might be invoking um uh, that'd be a good rhyme for invoke, invoke, invoking and yoking. For I'm thinking about, <laughs> the, about private rap, the, the private rap battle I'm going to later. I'm actually going to Hip Hop Revival Saturday, but <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> so, oh, you I know. saw that. But I'll keep that in mind. But this on. is actually evoking uh, things that wisdom says hmm. and that uh, that Yahweh says in giving the law. So, I mean, there's so much there's so much implicit high Christology here. Yeah. And then the source I was reading is saying, contrast this with John. The oh. high, <laughs> none of that. There's, there's none of that high Christology in, in Luke. It's like in Matthew. In, in Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Because they're they're dealing with these. Uh, they're talking, dealing with Q and they're oh, dealing right, with these right. reconstructions of sources like, yeah. man, you. You missed that. Yeah, it's right under here. your nose. How could you you miss that? But this is talking about this is a transition in Matthew. Back to Matthew and that that plot. This is a this is a transition in Matthew where it is um we've talked about him calling the twelve mm -hmm. and then this continuing he's creating his own community, then it's continuing interaction with this other community that's rejected him. Right. And the and, and the he's indicting them and saying they're children. Uh right? Yeah, he's using a, a child metaphor. It's not not the child, but the fact that like uh, it's not that the message was wrong or the messenger. Because look at look at the range of people that God has sent you. Mm -hmm. You know, culminating with John and then Jesus. Um, you know, John came; it was an ascetic, and you didn't respond to that. And Jesus came; you call him a, a a drunkard, you know, and a glutton. And which actually, I didn't realize that's quite an indictment in Deuteronomy. That's like you take mm -hmm. your take your son who you're gonna. Saying, making a case for stoning him because he's a drunken, he's oh. a drunkard and a glut. So it's it's quite an indictment, but uh, it's a whole range of like, look at it's what's what's the common denominator here? You're the problem. You're not yeah. responding to to God's messengers and message. So. Well, and and the implication that you expect the messengers to speak to respond to you instead okay. of I mean, right? I mean, your children, and you're saying we played the flute and you didn't dance, we well and you didn't mourn. It's we we have expectations of mm -hmm. you that you mm -hmm. didn't conform to, right? Okay. And as a result, you know, we're, we're the spoiled, we're the, we're the, well, I think, we're the, um, isn't that where it is? I think this is being the voice of the messenger is saying that, look at what, what, what do you oh, want to do? The messenger what do you want this. to do? We played the flute. You didn't want but to do But the children that. are calling to one another. We played the flute for you. Yeah. So who, who, you know, it's a, it's an image of children. Who are the children? The children are, the children are <laughs> images. This. The ones who, the children who are saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. Right. Well. That's John and Jesus. See, perspective the, of 
or the, our perspective on John and Jesus and that. Look at okay. See, when this guy I read came that, as an ascetic and he didn't respond, you didn't play. No, I get that. And this, I get that. Okay. But I, I think seventeen is quoting the children, right? But they all. I mean, everyone we're talking about. These two communities we're talking about them in terms of an image of children and Both one communities child. Are children? Yeah. One. One. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this uh, this separating of the ways, this uh, new community is being mm. formed, and your criticism of us is is, is here's a refutation kids. of your criticism. Look, we called you. We said, do you want to play this? No. Do you want to do this? No. You don't. You know. You don't want to do anything. You don't respond. You're not responding to the offer. That mm. is what. That okay. is what this analogy That's not is how driving I read it. home. Okay. Because I read it as the children having expectations of the prophets. That, that would be a critique. I don't to. think that's this critique. I that's think not. this critique is Jesus saying, um, you have not responded to the whole range of offers. Okay. So so Jesus and John are saying, we've John, come to you in yeah. different ways. Yeah. Oh, well, Jesus John came John and, and wailed and mourned, and you didn't want to play that game. Jesus yeah. came and played the flute, and, and you, you didn't want to, want to play do that, that either. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I see how you're saying that. Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was hard for me to see that. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. So, so he kind yeah. of... I get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I caught up at 18. Yeah. I was trying to figure yeah. out who, who 17 was. Yeah. Okay, I'm there now. Yeah. So it is it is something that's happening in the narrative that you have a separate community being mm-hmm. raised up. And it's also probably something fairly recently in the life of the church, mm-hmm. as there's increasingly a separation of the ways uh, toward the end of the first century. Right. And um, and probably a something with a very strong Jewish understanding, trying to work work that through in their right. narrative telling of this in in Matthew. Like, why is it that uh, there are these people who didn't respond? Is it the message? Like, mm-hmm. no, it's the it's the it's the audience. It's the audience. You know, sometimes there's a bad audience. You know, comics mm-hmm. talk about that. Right. Know? Yeah. Sometimes are. Or you, you you'll preach you'll you'll teach a class mm-hmm. in the morning and it's like man that was a great yeah. experience and then the, ne- the, in the next afternoon class, same class there. yeah um you, we have the heavy burden says yoke is easy and his burdens light and yet we've been talking about how difficult it is to follow <laughs> Christ so uh, so why yeah well these are <laughs> it's, it's it's not a systematic theology oh that's unfortunate I think we need to read them uh, within the consistent within their narrative but. Please. Uh, let's see. Why might the lectionary? I didn't ask that question this morning. Why is the lectionary pairing these this morning? With uh, that's a good question. I don't. I don't know. I didn't ask that question. Uh, this is. I think this is one of those areas in the lectionary where that may not be as. Well, of course, even in but even in Matthew, you've gotten the you're going to go out and turn father against son mm-hmm. and son against mm-hmm. father, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I mean, yeah. so even within this text, even uh, within the book of Matthew, you have what you were talking about, that tension between yeah. comfort right. and challenge. Yeah. So. Right. Easy, easier. Yeah. <laughs> You're carrying a burden. So, I mean, it's interesting because the, that you were talking about, I was thinking about that last week after we talked about it, that the, the comfort and challenge balance mm-hmm, between Matthew and that is exactly the language that a mentor of mine talked about for being a good professor. That oh. that when you want to speak to a, a group, that you don't challenge them without comforting them, and don't comfort them without challenging. Ah, them. That's that, good. That if you give them something that's going to cause them stress in their in their belief from their background, provide a means by which they can reincorporate that. Find a way to to, okay. to balance and and show them that it's possible to still have a deep and growing faith and believe these things. Oh, okay. And and so, I see what you're saying because so, you because you in your teaching you do much more of that like. You know those assumptions you had? Let's think about those yeah, assumptions. Yeah, I, do I do a lot less of that in the really? New Testament. See, because I would think that you would be – that's funny. I, I think it's the literary band. It's like let's get oh, into yeah, this yeah. and we'll work it, our way outward from this yeah. to those things. Or maybe we'll never encounter those things once we realize what this is really talking you know, about. It's funny because I do that almost exactly the same way. I do a very literary approach. But often those assumptions come out at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I do say, I'll do the golden calf story. Right. Yeah. And, and right. every translation right. says, sure. and God changed his mind. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how about that? Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Look at there. Yeah. 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 And, and right. you know, look at the story right here. And, and, and then I always, you know, God doesn't change his mind. But you were going to bring that up. I was, I might go, if they don't bring it up, I'm not going to bring it really? up. Really? Yeah. Okay. See, I, I usually let it hang there. Till every now the stress then. gets to them. Although I didn't grow up and I didn't get, I didn't get as many of those things growing up. Okay. See, I did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or I got different things growing up in a Catholic tradition. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. No, I, I, I got a lot of those issues that, yeah. that we want to talk about. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, what does this mean then? Because yeah. it sounds different than what I had when I was growing up. So balancing that right. comfort and challenge, you know, you don't pull the silly putty too hard or it snaps, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or our theological, like he, that's kind of like, that's where he's going to start. Oh, well, that's right. That's he, a very he jumps in with the theological, challenge. philosophical things. Like let's, let's just destroy, let's level the playing field. Right. Like, let's just tear everything down and then we'll try we'll to build something with these work legs. together. Yeah. No. See, that's not, that's not the way I no, was ever going. No, you don't want to do that. No. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Intro to the Bible course for a freshman. No, no, I don't. I don't. That would be a bad approach. So, but, but, so now you've given me hope that this approach is biblical, right? Because it's both comfort and challenge yeah. to Matthew. And, well, yeah. And so there you go. My teaching is balancing biblical. comfort and challenge. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Biblical teaching. That's what I'm yeah. about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, it's what we do. So it is, it is interesting in the life of Jesus. It's interesting in the life of the church, the community uh, behind Matthew, that, thinking through this. And this is a little bit different in, in Luke, uh, the, the slightly different. And this is where the guy I was reading got off in the queue. Uh, verse 19, the son of man came in and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collection of sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. In, in Luke, it's, wisdom is vindicated by her children. And in the context, he gives an example of uh, the woman... Most Bibles call her the sinful woman, but she's the forgiven woman uh, in the who comes into the meal that Jesus is having with Simon the mm-hmm. Pharisee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she does everything that the Pharisee should have done in terms of hospitality. Mm. And uh, Jesus tells that story to illustrate um, um, one of God's children, wisdom's children. It's like mm. wisdom. Uh, these are some surprising people who have chosen to create this new community, but wisdom is vindicated by our children. And it says all the people... Uh, justified God. Yeah. So wisdom's children are justifying God. God is wisdom is one of these ways in the in the Jewish tradition to talk about God as active in the world mm-hmm. as almost a personification mm-hmm. of the divine. Yeah. Uh, and so wisdom is is in that uh, kind of what parallel to God. what do you associate with the word deeds? I mean, obviously children in Luke, but what do you associate with the word deeds in Matthew? Because the reason I mm-hmm. say that is because the word that is often there are a couple of words that you can do that with in Hebrew, and in both of them, I would I would immediately be drawn to uh, works of Torah mm. uh, when I thought about yeah, that. and and so you know the the poile, uh, of the righteous, the, the works of the righteous, the deeds of the righteous um, would make me think about yeah, you know what it is to follow Torah, and you know friend of tra- tax collector sinners, I, I just think about. You were talking about hospitality and this being the content. When you see a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collection centers, we should think hospitality there, right? We should think about well, meals yeah. and dinners and, mm-hmm. and eating together. And that, that that then could be connected in some way to, yeah, it, to an issue of Torah. And then, because then to get into my yoke is easy mm-hmm. and my burden is light, which mm-hmm. if we're weary and heavy burdens, we're thinking about probably burdens, external burdens of, expectations from religious you know community mm-hmm. at the time yeah and well let me see what i forget uh where he goes with that in matthew um not only do do i normally launch into like how is that found in in, in luke in luke because yeah. that's even more closer to my area but so did the guy i was reading so the guy with the co- who wrote the commentary on matthew said yeah because look, he look thinks how luke does this cause, <laughs> not because he's a luke scholar because he thinks luke is closer to q oh uh, well okay <laughs> talk, talk about getting into Which, the of course Nolan has right yeah this this while you're looking i can say that one of my favorite lines ever was nt wright's attitude regarding q he said that uh so he really didn't know how he felt about q he said you know a lot of the people in uh, that uh, he he sees are uh, they believe in Q, but they are agnostic about yeah. the resurrection. <laughs> the resurrection. He said, I'm agnostic about Q, but believe in the resurrection. Yes. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he gets into in in Matthew gets into the unrepentant cities who. Uh, oh, okay. Who were not hospitable, right? Bethsaida and Bethsaida, or no Bethsaida and begins to announce the cities in which most of his miracles were done Chorazin. because they did not repent. Yeah, Capernaum, uh, Capernaum, Capernaum and right. Chorazin, so Chorazin. neighboring cities. And uh, the, the the country, the cities with more of a reputation, Tyre and Sidon, it would be more tolerable for them. So it's talking about not responding um, to the messenger again, and and surprisingly, people you wouldn't think of responding mm-hmm. are responding. Mm-hmm. And so in, in Luke, it's wisdom is vindicated by our children. Look at 
look at how these people's lives are being transformed. And, and then here it's... Uh, I've always been sympathetic deeds. toward Chorism, though, because all of the buildings in Chorism are made out of black basalt stone. Yeah. And when I, I happened to be there on a day... When, and Capernaum. When it, it went, yeah, that's right. Uh, when a, a Hamsim, uh, uh, an eastern desert wind, had blown. And so Ooh. the temperatures Ooh. were yeah. way, way up. In my life, I've never been... It felt like you know, the wind was like blowing, but it oven. felt like, yeah, yeah, someone had a hot blow dryer in your face yeah. while you're walking and these ra- this radiant heat coming oh, off my. these black. But yeah. I wouldn't have welcomed anyone either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just go away. Don't get the door. Who are you? Yeah. not answering the door. I'm not doing anything. It's hot outside. Yeah, that was surprised so, when I finally made it to Galilee. I realized, wow, warm. this is all this dark. This black basalt stain. Black yeah. basalt. Yeah. Wow. Well, interesting. I, I, I just saw that word deeds and immediately went to Torah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, wisdom and Torah, they're oh, very yeah. fluid in that tradition mm-hmm. and, and uh, probably echoes of that. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. And surprisingly, look at who's doing the, doing the you know, the, mm-hmm. the deeds. Mm-hmm. Surprising folks. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks for listening this week. Hope that uh, your summary will go well. Um, make sure and listen to us or leave a review for us on iTunes or Stitcher if you're listening there. Follow us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter. All our social media. Have a great week. Have a great week.